Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello, uh, listeners. <laughs> oh, my God. We got to do it again. Dinner sorry, with TJ. Sorry. Okay, I, didn't know what you, I didn't know if you were doing your... I was waiting for your, like, okay, where's your... <laughs> Fine. Hello, listeners, and welcome to a very special edition of the Mad Scientist Podcast. I am joined by TJ from Pints and Puzzles. How's it going, TJ? Woo! Hey. Yeah, man. I'm so excited. Yeah. You're, you're, I'm so excited for your new season starting here. Yeah, we'll call it a season. Sure. Well, I, you know, actually, <laughs> actually, I actually meant to ask you that before. I called it a season in the ending to the episode right before this one that I literally just finished recording like 10 minutes ago as we were texting. <laughs> Uh, and I was like, everyone check out season two of Pints and Puzzles. And then I was I like, like season two. Yeah, sure. I was like, is it a season? It's more like after a short hiatus. Anyways, yeah. we'll call it a season. It does whatever. Yeah, it is what it is. Man, you... I will say this is probably anti Pints and Puzzles because I'm drinking coffee, not beer for once. <laughs> well, it is quite late your time. Shit, it's late my yeah. time, man. It's even later your time. But yeah, it's it's been late, and um, <laughs> I forgot how much how, I forgot how much damn work podcasting is, man. Like, oh. like people, and I know the average person thinks, oh yeah, we just have yeah. I only have a microphone and a computer and a glorified Harry Potter closet under my, <laughs> you know. But, but I mean, the, the script writing and the editing, like oh. I forgot how long that stuff takes. <laughs> so it's actually really funny. I yesterday. So Marie has been, we're kind of giving away some of the, the secrets to how the sausage gets made here on uh, the Mad Scientist podcast. Marie has been recording like under a desk with a blanket over it <laughs> to, to like, to, like make it sound good from her end. And then for me, like I bought this kind of like a noise cancellation little like, um, kind of like, I don't know, maybe like a quarter cylinder without a top kind of thing, like a foam backing board for my voice. But then yeah. even that, like I started playing around with like blankets and crap to just like stick over my head while I listened. All the blankets we have in this house are like little heat shields. It's like I, I recorded for like two minutes the other day and I almost passed out from heat exhaustion. I was like, oh, my <laughs> God, this is impossible. You know, as, a, as you and I are talking right now, I just cracked the door open to this <laughs> to my studio thing. Right. Uh, because of that reason, and and I have the same thing. And and Grant, I always wonder if it's overkill because you and I have you know dynamic mics. Not to get too dorky here for our listeners, but you know they don't pick up a whole lot of background noise. No. But well, the thing is, I don't. They don't pick up a lot of background noise until like you're at the end of a three hour recording session. <laughs> Correct. And your fucking cat is scratching at the door, like, "Let me in! What are you doing in there, dude?" And then all of a sudden, it picks up every thing yep. like it's ridiculous yeah i mean it's it's actually funny we like yeah the time i mean how much time would you say you put in each episode like in a week it really varies i mean you would think you know a normal person having what two three months off however long i took off would it would be way ahead of schedule i was like i have two outlines i'm good you know like, <laughs> I'm so that, that to me is really far ahead of schedule yeah. because 
I'm the ADD procrastinator that will wait till the last possible second to do anything, um, which worked great when I was in, you know, a journalism <laughs> intern, you know, but doesn't work so great for any other area. You're trying life, to like you know? kind of run that. Yeah, I mean, so I find it was actually really interesting. Um, listeners, if you're not part of this Facebook Facebook group, you totally should be. It's called Podcasts We Listen To, and it's what's really cool is it puts together like a lot of listeners and fans together. But so I was looking on that Facebook group, and someone posted a thing that was just like, "Well, how long does it, like how long do you find yourself researching in a given week?" I started like counting it up, and I was like, "Jesus, Christ. like I don't do anything else." Yeah, and for me it varies because I'm just like, oh, I have 10 minutes here, so I'll go on my phone. Like, I purposely have the iPhone, you know, 6 Plus, so it's like a mini laptop, you know, mini laptop size screen. And uh, just so I can be like, oh, I have, you know, the baby's asleep in the car for 10 minutes, so I'm going to go Google something, you know, (laughs) or or whatever it is. But, um, I mean, that only takes you so far. At a certain point, you do need, you know, a physical laptop to type or... You know, I haven't figured out a way to plug this microphone into my iPhone yet. I know there probably is a way. I haven't done it yet. Um, so, you know, there's there's all sorts of crazy shit that we could get into. But for me, it's always hard. Like, even I remember when I was in corporate, they were like, oh, how many hours do you spend on, like, a report? And I'm like, it depends, you know? Like, yeah, of course. You know, yeah. X, Y, or Z, it depends. And then if, you, if I ever had to try to track it, I spent more hours trying to track, like, figure out an Excel spreadsheet to track it sure. than I did actually doing the report you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so i feel like it's kind of a similar thing and honestly if i start fig- like trying to track stuff like that then it becomes a job and then i'm not going to like it anymore we you know this is still like a hobby borderline side business kind of heading in that direction for at least for my end i think you're more probably a little further along that continuum well, um, I mean, yeah i mean i think well so i think actually so it's it's actually kind of kind of interesting i was talking to a couple of other hosts that, you know, we're friendly with and whatever. And they were asking like, well, what, what do you want this to be? Like if, if, if there was a perfect scenario for you with a show, what would you want it to be? Right. And really like, if I was able to dedicate the time that I want to in researching this stuff and coming out with things like these episodes would be like four hours long. You know what I mean? There's already so much content we have to cut from these episodes just, be, mm-hmm. just you know, just because, like, you get, like, the Betty and Barney Hill case that we just did, right? There there are hours of footage of them being interviewed and loads of books written, and there are theories we didn't get to get into. And, you know, the way it connects to the cases that came before it and now the cases that came after it, the Zeta Reticuli. Yep, yep. And that one's been around for so long that it's it's almost been like there's just too much out there in a lot yeah, of ways. Like I don't, I don't envy you that you had to go through all that at all. The, well, the good thing, like we were talking about beforehand, like that, that case to me, the Benny and Barney Hill case was my, like, that was my childhood case. That was like, that was the case that scared the crap of me when I was a kid. That was the thing I was like, I had loads of books on it. I read about it all the time. I always found stuff that linked back to it. Like, that was that was that's really the case. Like I said, if I was ever going to write like a paranormal book, I'd probably start with that one, you know, just because it's there's so much. It's so rich. And and two, I have the link to it geographically. 
You know, like I've been on those roads. I've lived in Portsmouth. I, you know. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool when you were doing your episode is not only do you have that connection and kind of that personal draw to it for whatever reason, but then you have the proximity location too. So, but that had to be, that had to have been kind of cool as a kid where you're like, oh, you're obsessed with this case, but then you could actually go drive down that road when you're well, so, 17, 18, so thing, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing, like, that was really cool to me. Um, the first time I went up to visit Katie's, so my link to New Hampshire is Katie, basically. Her family owned, you know, owns a house in New Hampshire in a town that's pretty active for UFOs. Um, again, when we keep making the hint for this episode that's coming out, <laughs> we're doing an episode on that town, okay? It's going to happen, listeners. But the, like, yeah, like going there and just knowing, like, man, this is the same place. Like, this is, you know, we're on the road where it happened. We're, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's pretty cool. I mean, it's also kind of scary, you know, like I talked about, <laughs> I talk, I didn't get into it too much in the episodes, but like I talk about how I myself have been fooled on those roads. Like, you can be driving. I mean, Pennsylvania gets like this too, though, where it's like there's no lights on the road. It's dark. There are hills and mountains and stuff. Like, there have been times where I've completely lost the moon. And suddenly, like, I expect it to be on my left and it's on my right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, what happened? And you also get that. And you're right. Pennsylvania, I feel. I always feel like we, we go up, up northeast, too, towards your way from, um, you know, kind of the general Philly region. Sure. Where we are here. And I always say that drive, even though it's a little longer to, like, Massachusetts area, is actually better than the drive out to Pittsburgh. Because that's, like, boring as anything. It's just farms and. Right. Just like you, you forget half your drive because you zone out. Like, yeah. which sounds horrible when you're driving, you know, but it's that's, true. That's one of the things we get into. Like the uh, the downside to us doing this episode right after I finish recording part two is TJ hasn't gotten to listen to part two yet, <laughs> listeners. So, but I actually talk about that in the episode where like everyone does that, right? Where you forget, you literally get to where you're going and you're like, "What happened?" You know what I mean? Like half that trip, I don't remember at all. And I will say, even worse than that, I just drove out to uh, Michigan from here, which was uh, 11 hours, 11-hour drive. Indiana, thank God I drove that during the day. Because if I tried to do that at night, I probably would have thought there was UFOs all over the place. Because it's just empty cornfields. Driving (laughs) driving out here, like, so when, when we moved from New Hampshire to Minnesota, the first time we did the trip, we drove... We drove during the day for like, we try to do the day, most of it, but there was one point where we were coming to like near the Lake Lake, Lake Erie area. And, um, it's, it's like really dark at night. It's completely black out there. And like the moon off the lake itself, like we got, we got up to the lake without realizing how close we were to the lake. And like Katie was, you know, sleeping, whatever. And then we fucking hit where the lake is. And maybe it wasn't even, like, Lake... I don't even know what the hell we saw. We saw a giant body of water, whatever the hell it was, and <laughs> you see it, like, the moon on the lake, and you're like, oh, my... Like, it, it comes out of fucking nowhere. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's really hard to keep your bearings in dark roads. Much harder than I think we give credit to, you know? Yeah, I agree. And I think that's where... And I'm sure you probably get into this. Again, I, as you said, I didn't listen to your part two yet, uh shit sorry that may are you picking up that background noise no 
Okay, good. <laughs> as as we were also talking about, you can leave this in. I don't care. But as we were also talking about off the air, is that it's hot as shit in the in the podcasting closets that we build or the setups that we build. Um, so I have my door cracked open. But it, the downside is the um, uh, air condition for the house is right there. Which in October the air condition needs to be on. Go figure. It's warm. Uh, it's very warm. It can be. If only there was a podcast that talked about climate change. If only. What episode? I don't remember the episode number. Sorry, <laughs> I don't either. Probably like eighteen or nineteen, twenty, maybe. I don't know. Somewhere in the beginning. Somewhere anyway. around there. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Right. Ad. Oh, look, squirrel. Okay. Um, <laughs> going back. Um, but anyway, yeah, you get really f- like unfocused <laughs> while you're driving at night too. Yeah. And, and I always get this weird thing at dusk where, where it kind of gets a little funky for my vision anyway, like where it starts to get dark. But when it's completely black, even um, driving home, it was the uh, from, from Michigan, it was in the middle of the night uh, by the time I got towards the Pennsylvania side. And that drive kind of hits 80 up by Scranton. And, and I've done that drive sure. you know, all through all through college for me. So I'm used to that. And I, and there was points where I was like, okay, where am I for a second? You know, yeah. even though I've done that drive how many times? You yeah, know? Yeah, so sure. to your point, I could definitely see why, where your mind would start playing tricks on you. And part of me, I don't know if you get into that, but part of me wonders if it's to entertain you too. Like your brain gets bored and is like, oh, I can't go to sleep because I'm driving. So let's start making lights. You know, like I don't, so, I don't know if there's any science behind that. Yeah, but so what's actually really interesting is it's actually the opposite. Your brain shuts down parts of itself. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like so That's scary. <laughs> yeah, it's really scary, right? So when you're doing a monotonous or boring task, your brain will shut off parts that aren't being used to conserve energy and give them a, a break pretty much. Right? It's called micro. Ah, okay. okay. So this is actually, and so when you're really fatigued and doing a monotonous task, like driving or conducting a train or driving a bus or whatever, that is when you get into like, when people say that they fall asleep behind the wheel, you don't actually fall asleep. What happens is you zone out until you crash into something. Oh, wow. And it's, yeah. And it's because like your brain shuts off and you start to make mistakes, you know? So like you, your brain basically tells itself like, okay, you should expect that the road will continue straight here. But then like if a deer darts out or there's a curve that you weren't anticipating or whatever, you know, your reaction time is slowed and suddenly you're like, shit, I'm skidding off the road and, but it's too late. You know, so you, it's almost like a built-in autopilot or something. Exactly. For your, it is, it is exactly so cool. a built-in autopilot. And so they've actually done tests. Like what I found really fascinating was they talked about doing, uh, we actually did, we actually did a, another topic on this. That I didn't even link in the full episode, but now that I'm thinking about it, it links up perfectly. We actually answered um, Tess Feifel's question from Astonishing Legends, we answered her question on our last roundtable where we said, she asked, why when you're really tired, do you hallucinate? Right? Mm-hmm. And the reason is because your brain shuts off certain parts of itself that do things like optical illusions. Right? And also your brain is filling in the gaps, right? So your brain is so tired that it starts filling in the gaps for lots more stuff than it normally would or should. That's so weird. Like, yeah. I don't know. And for me, you know, taking the the uh, step back, you know, kind of bigger picture, that evolutionarily, isn't that kind of cool? 
that your brain's even wired that way, oh, you know, to be able to do all it. Like, well, it links- I'm sure there's some kind of caveman thing for that where it's like, uh, we need to survive for more energy while stalking William Mammoths or something like that. Well, but- yeah, you know, it, well, it all, it all links back to this idea of like, what is our brain? Like our brain isn't fast enough to take in all the sensory information it gets at once. Right. And so it's always filling in blanks. It's like always making assumptions. And that's why things like that stupid dress that was like, was, is it white? Is it gold or whatever? Blue or gold or whatever the hell it was. You remember that, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. It was blue. That's, yeah, whatever the hell it was. That, <laughs> it was fucking into it. That, that is why those things happen is because your brain is getting all the sensory information and it normally expects something to work a certain way. But so then when you can show it that it isn't working that way, your brain doesn't really know what to do. And so, yeah, like, I think there's probably a lot to be said for that explanation of a, a good portion of UFO cases, right? Um, the Hills case was was something of a perfect storm, I'd say, where it's like, not only did Betty have previous knowledge of UFOs, not only did she have these dreams after the fact, not only was Barney prone to anxiety and really tired from months of working late nights without adequate sleep, like all of these things came together to create a storm for this case, you know, Good. but that kind of, but it's, but the thing is that I'm, I try to get across in my episode, but I, I wonder if I'm almost coming off as too skeptical. There are cases where things are just weird, right? Like, like Travis Walton's case that you talk about in your first episode back. Yeah, that was so for me, that was my childhood case, which sure. I think is kind of funny that we're and I always say this with Sam, too, from Not Alone, um, you know, because we have our little kind of pod fraternity for lack of a better term <laughs> um <laughs> you know and marie um our pod yeah. fraternity and marie um so, a fraternity can have can have both that's true can, i guess not, yeah yeah fraternity can have both sexes all genders <laughs> everything possible you know anyways continue anyway i'm gonna get some messages that's uh <laughs> <laughs> Um, but anyway, regardless of that, yeah, so we have our little fraternity thing here, but it's kind of weird that we're all kind of, or a lot of times we're on similar pages as far as topic ideas or just like, Hey, I was going to do a a story on blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, no shit. I just did a story on that. You know, we we all kind of, we all kind of did UFOs at the same time. Right. So not alone just did Skinwalker Ranch parts one through three, which are awesome. And you should listen to. You're doing a month of UFOs. I decided to do the Betty Barty Hill case a while ago. Like, pretty pretty interesting. Yeah, I think it's kind of cool. And I mean, granted, Skinwalker covers everything in the in the weird yeah, shit category. Like you know, like, of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you name it. There, there's dog. There's the dog man in the van, and uh, <laughs> you know that cracks me up. But that's uh, for both when I heard it on Not Alone and Astonishing Legends. That cracked right. me up. Like that was just like. I was like, why is he in a trail? Never mind. <laughs> why is he in him? This doesn't make any sense. Why is I think the more, you, the more you try to figure out Skidwalker, the, the less the less it's uh, going to make sense to you. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, but, uh, the, um, whew, ADD. All right. Uh, <laughs> refocus. Um, see what happens when I don't drink on episodes? <laughs> Too much coffee. <laughs> yeah, or not enough. I'm not no, sure which, no, no. but... But, uh, yeah, so it's funny that, that um, when you said, um, 
hey, let's record this tonight, and this is three hours ago maybe yeah um, then i was like it's kind of ironic that we we're recording this at the same time that we kind of talked about our uh genesis stories down kind of down the rabbit holes of ufos uh and kind of down that road so yours is the betty and barty hill case and then mine for whatever reason i don't have the connection to arizona been out there once as a kid definitely never been to snowflake um but you know it's uh um it's weird that that was, like I say in the episode, that was the first book I had. I had the physical Fire in the Sky book, which I'm really pissed I can't find anymore. Yeah. Um, but uh, I had that, and I remember the movie, and I know the Hollywood movie was a complete fabrication of of his version of the events, but it uh, still scares the shit out of me even to this day. Where, sure. you know, that whole thing where they put that sheet over, that skin-type sheet over his face or whatever, and he, he was screaming. Yeah, um, it's pretty, it's a pretty rough, I mean, that, yeah. That's and, like, he, and that never happened, scary. by the way, in the real version. No, but it's scary on film. I mean, it's fine. <laughs> but it did its job because I still remember it, you know, however right. many years later. So right, yeah. clearly they did something right on the Hollywood version. But, yeah, it's just been one of those things for me. And I, I honestly also think that no matter how skeptical you are, it's really hard to um, debunk this case. I didn't want to use debunk because – debunkers and skeptics are two very different things in my head and i think you probably touched on this i think a few times on a couple of round tables but they're very different things as far as their approach to thing to yeah we try yeah we try to get into it i mean i think there is i think there's a difference between being cynical about these things and being open but also not like a tr- like there's cuz there's true believers too which is which is actually in some ways even worse right mm-hmm. i mean um a true believer you can you can convince them of anything you know a skeptic in my mind a skeptic is someone who waits to have all the facts before making a decision or at least puts together all possible uh combinations of events that could be out there right so like you know with the hill case we say you know, it's very possible that what happened really did happen to them, and we can't say for certain that it didn't, but there's also a really good skeptical case to be made here, you know? So, yeah. Anyways, yeah, so I agree with you. I think but skeptics... Yeah, the debunkers, which are more like, oh, they're kind of the other extreme of the non-believer, or of the true believers, where they are like, okay, there's no logical or scientific argument here, so I'm going to start just attacking them the people personally you know sure and that happened a lot and and you know our my favorite guy philip class who's the biggest a-hole on the planet you know what's what's really funny is (laughs) i actually i actually like some of philip class's essays on ufos i actually use one of them in this episode uh part two because i think the argument he makes is quite fascinating and actually probably really good but yeah in real i mean he was a distasteful person I mean, he, yeah, he and, not, and I think the Travis case, for whatever reason, just got pissed him it. off. It like, got him so bad. Yeah, man. Like, I like. Okay, here's the thing. I think there are there are extreme personalities in both camps, correct, right? Correct, there are correct. a lot of people in the UFO community who I would argue are maybe doing more harm than they are doing good, right? Right. At the same time, there are people in the skeptical community doing more harm than good. You know, I mean, you, you we shouldn't be belittling these people for saying that they experienced something because 
regardless of what it is that they actually experienced or whatever their reasons are for potentially even making it up, um, something that's something weird happening with them. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. That we should be trying to get to the bottom of. Like, that's, even if it's a hallucination, it's still like freak them out. Even if it's a complete fabrication, even if they're completely lying, why do they feel compelled to lie like this? You know what I mean? Correct. Like it's yeah, yeah. there's a lot of interest. I mean, it's I don't mean to belabor the point, but like there's something going on with 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 this, regardless of whether or not it's aliens or mass hallucinations or a weird media psychosomatic kind of thing where people are making these claims for attention. Like something fucking weird is happening with that. Mm-hmm. Anyways, and, and the weird thing with with, um, with Travis's case too. I mean, uh, like you said, I think Class had a bug up his ass for whatever reason about that case. Like, there's the and I didn't talk about this on the episode because, like you said, it would have gone on for six hours. But uh, and nobody has time to write that kind of script. Um, so, but uh, unless you're the Podfathers, um, but they. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Um, but there was this uh, Larry King live interview clip where he was on there with I think it was Mike Rogers, and this was you know when, back when class was still alive, and he was just like they were going at each other, and then it just got to a point where he just got so pissed off and he's like called him a moron or something or probably other words in there, and then it just it just shut it down and they went to commercial, you know, like and it's yeah. it's one of those things where he just got so pissed off at it for whatever reason. But that to me is what got is what got me believing it even more. You know, is is why is he picking this case to have a bug up his ass about? What you know, he could have just left it as it is and let people make up their own minds, you know? Yeah, I mean I think I think the interesting thing with class so I actually actually after li- listening to your episode, I, I actually really want to do a full episode on class himself. Mm-hmm. And talking about, because, like, we get requests sometimes for people to do more kind of, like, history of science episodes that I think would be really cool. So I want to do someone, like, fascinating scientists and their stories and whatever. And we we try to do some of that, but it's, you know, it can be hard um, to talk about. You know, it's, it can be really dry. You know what I mean? In some cases. History class can be boring sometimes. Yeah, you know what I mean? So, like, and and so we haven't really dipped our toe into it too hard yet, but I think we're going to start maybe peppering and you know peppering them in but i think i think class would be a really fascinating study for that because if you look at the things that he wrote about not the travis walton case he's he can be quite positive towards the idea of ufos you know i think there's a quote that he he said something like you know 97 percent of the people i talk to about ufos who claim to have seen something i think genuinely feel like they saw something you know, right. and only a small portion he thought were legitimately misleading him in the public. And he right? had some great like av- avionics stuff back when he was doing his General Electrics, or I think it was well, GE yeah, he like, worked for. Well, yeah, yeah. there's a there's and a lot. So he was yeah. smart, you know, like he he was a smart guy, and I think he did do some legitimate good stuff in there. It was it was up until you get to his um, comments about the Walton case, then it start to me is when that started turning me completely off from him where it's like, why is he taking this personally? Um, And then there's speculation around that too, of course, that somebody got to him at some point and that's why he's taking this particular one more personally than other ones. Sure. I mean, so for those, for the, for listeners at home who um, you should listen to TJ's show for sure. So please, if you want to learn more about this case, go listen to his show. It's really good. 
But in general, the Travis Walton case, for those that don't know, is um, this guy was out with some work colleagues, I guess you'd call them, or friends, work colleagues, and they see a craft. He thinking that, you know, he, in being curious, goes up to it, gets shocked by it, and then gets taken by the craft. And he then recounts based like a horror show inside the ship. You know, he's... Um, yeah, well, the horror show side, I think, is the, the Hollywood version, to be honest. I think it's more... It actually was just more... You know, you wake up somewhere after being electrocuted <laughs> and don't know where the hell you are. So it's it's more the adrenaline kind of panic rather than the 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 aliens. I don't think were torturing him and doing the. Well, I don't. I, do you remember I, the movie uh, where they had the ocular probe? I was going to say, like, I don't think yeah. that actually happened. You know, for well, I was going to say, like, not not necessarily a horror show in that sense. But I, I guess what I mean is, he had tests done to him supposedly that scared him. I'm sure and. You know, it's it's kind of like the the general um, abduction story that we think of, right? And yeah, and and the thing is that there were like he was missing for like a couple days. Yeah, he thought it was. It felt like I think he said like an hour and a half or something along those lines, but it was really five days. Yeah. So when he woke up in the in the phone booth, so spoiler alert, they they did return him. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and, and he's doing speaking engagements for the next forty years. Um, but yeah, they they did return him, and he didn't know. He thought it was just a couple hours, and then they're like, "No, feel your face," and he had five days worth of beard gro- beard growth on his face, and he's like, "Wait, what the hell happened?" You know, and that's yeah. where. But the the interesting thing was he was never. So it may have been slightly misleading in my episode. That that may be um, uh, due to my interviewee, uh, just how she phrased it, but not necessarily in a bad way. But she but she said he was never hypnotized. He was hypnotized, but the story it wasn't to bring out the story. Like it wasn't the Betty and Barney Hill case. Sure, it was more. It was more actually to calm him down so that he could tell the story without freaking the the freaking out. You know. Sure. Sure. Well, it's, it's actually kind of interesting. In the Betty and Barney Hill case, so that's actually what hypnotism is supposed to be used for therapeutically, right? right? Is to help you relate or help you get through something traumatic by letting you approach it from an, in a non-traumatic setting, right? That's kind of the general point. But and and the ability to use hypnosis to recall memories is not very well scientifically proven. Um, in fact, the opposite is proven that hypnosis makes you create false memories. So, um, so yeah, which is part of Anyways. what they were saying with the Betty and Barney Hill case. Right? Absolutely. Well, that's, that's actually, it's actually part of why I think the Travis Walton case is so fascinating is the fact that he recalled this out of hypnosis. You know what I mean? Right. If it, it was under hip, if it was under hypnosis, that immediately creates a lot of potential for wiggle room. Right. Well, and then the so the cool thing was, and I think where this ties into to being slightly ironic that that you and I are doing this episode now, or that you even brought this up earlier today, was that the um, one of the arguments against Travis's case was that there was a documentary that came out about Betty and Barney Hill, I think a week or something before 
Travis's Travis was abducted. Sure. Right? So they're all like, oh, he just saw that, and that's where he came up with these gray aliens and the Nordics and stuff like that. But and that's why you know I even messaged you when I was writing my script. And I'm like, there was no gray aliens in the in the, uh, no, in the Betty and Barney Hill case, and there wasn't, well, right? Like, no. Well, so here's the thing, though. It's been morphed over time, right? So no, Betty and Barney Hill described seeing kind of like just we just ugly humans. You know what I mean? Like they were just kind of like weird looking, ugly humans in the ship and they had, they had grayish skin, but you know, they were just kind of like, they had normal human eyes. They were just kind of bigger than ours. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like they described just, yeah, just super ugly humans. Um, Which I think different. you did a really good job of explaining that in your first episode. So there's your episode plug now, even though this is probably <laughs> you know, for my listeners that are listening. <laughs> I'm going right. to recommend you go back to Mad Scientist for part one. Yeah. Of, um, <laughs> no, but it's true. Like you, I think you did a good job of explaining that concisely and, and kind of getting because that's different too. On the other end of different from most alien abduction cases or, or other cases where they saw something or claimed to have been abducted, extreme, you know? Yeah, it's extremely different. I mean, it, it really is like this. So the thing, the thing with the Betty and Barney Hill case, I think is that it's, it's, I think for a lot of people, it was their introduction to the field. Like Correct. it's their introduction to this sort of thing. You know what I mean? And it's the first one that really happened and gained like national attention. Mm-hmm. And so, and be, and it's because these were, first off, it's two people that claim that this happened to both of them, right? So that gets rid of the whole idea of like, oh, it's a drunk dude or someone on a right, bender right. or whatever, right? <laughs> right? Something more interesting is going on there. But, and, and it also involved two people who were respected in their community. You know what mm-hmm, I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, educated, intelligent people, calm, rational people. But... But at the same time, their story has kind of taken on a life of its own. You know, the things that they talk about, like, I I had no idea. Like, I knew from reading all these stories and everything um, as a kid that Betty's experience was more positive than Barney's was. Right. Right. But I but I never realized just how much more positive it was. And I think that was like, yeah, come back. That you've kind of hinted that you've kind of hinted at is that could be kind of their. Um, see, I don't want to do any spoilers in case you talk about any of it, but like kind of their their dispositions anyway. No, we do, uh, we do, we do cover it. Yeah, absolutely. You know like, where where Barney has the more anxious mind frame, so he's going to recount a more anxious story, even if it's the same exact story. You know what I mean? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I think. I mean, yeah, I think it's totally good. So, so Travis Walton, right? Let. Uh, listen, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play a complete debunker. Okay. Right okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna play the debunker. I am a skeptic. I don't know what happened to Travis Walton, but I'm gonna play a debunker. Travis Walton goes out into the woods with some buddies. They go on a bender. He goes out and is out away from home for five days, doing whatever the hell he wants. He comes back and he's like, we can't tell my wife what happened. I'm going to say I saw a UFO. <laughs> right? Travis Walton has the best five days of his fucking life. That was part of the debunker case, but it was more, yeah, there was more to it, but go ahead. <laughs> but yeah, you know what's interesting though, right? Like, or hell, I mean, Travis Walton goes out into the field, goes out with some buddies 
something horrendous happens to him, right? Who a, a real physical thing horrendously happens to him. Something in this universe of just like humans being shitty to each other happens to him. Who knows what it is? And he blocks it out in his mind, right? That's a thing. That's a thing that we don't get into with the. I, I didn't get into with the Betty and Barney Hill case in my episode, but the the sexual aspect to a lot of these UFO cases, like suggests to a lot of people that they're actually it's people repressing and making sense of terrible things that happen to them as children or, you know, very, very real human, like humans are evil enough to each other that we don't need aliens coming down and probing us. Right. Right. right? right. Like we don't need aliens helping us to be (laughs) shitty to us. We're already shitty enough to each other. And that's always a part of these cases that I think has to be considered um, but, but, you know, so what, like, what did Travis have any physical evidence? So any, anything, I, I think the bigger argument was that there was not any physical evidence to really back up that side of the story. Right. So here's the, here's the skeptic side or the debunker side adding on to what you just said. So the theory was that Travis and Mike Rogers, who happened to be the, the boss of this logging crew as well, but they were also best friends. Right. And mm-hmm. ironically later on in life, Travis ended up marrying Mike's sister. So um, I thought that was just an interesting side. That's note. A, that's <laughs> Part of the story. So anyway, they're really good friends, right? And they, the theory was that they kind of rigged a weather balloon, of course, always a weather balloon, and uh, like a light show type of thing. The other uh, four guys, I'm doing my math in my head, um, had no clue what the hell was going on. So they thought it, it was exactly how they talked about it, right? Travis went out, went to this weird light, and then he disappeared. And then their thing is, oh, he was in a cabin in the woods hiding out somewhere, and then either he was on drugs or he had some kind of IV fluid to keep him alive, but he still didn't eat anything, so that's why he was malnourished, right? Then they dropped him back off, and all this was to get them out of their logging contract that they were behind, which I never knew. I've heard that logging contract story before, but I never knew that it was class that put that forward. So that was interesting in and of itself. Well, well, let's okay. Let's let's turn this on its head a little bit. Let's yeah. say they did decide to play a prank, mm-hmm. right? They decide to play a prank. It goes horribly wrong. Travis is electrocuted. His buddy now thinks he's dead. Holy shit! I killed my friend. He, they leave him there. They drive home, and that guy goes back to check on him later, and he's not there. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. He's this. He's wandering around. He got electrocuted. He's dazed. He's freaking out. He kind of just like hangs around until he regains his memory. And then he comes back and he's like, what the hell happened to me? And huh. him and the guy know what happened to him. But 
If he says anything, that guy might go to jail for attempted murder. They're going to look like fucking morons. Like, you know what I mean? That, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, actually, your like, theory makes more sense than the, the original well, yeah, Peter yeah. theory. I mean, what, like, oh, oh, yeah, no, no. Definitely these loggers had access to IV. Right, right. They to make IV fluids, and so, they definitely wouldn't have actually introduced an air bubble. The other like, thing was he had one red mark on his arm. And that was like the only physical injury he had from this, right? So people were like, "Oh, that's where like uh, you know he was shooting up heroin or or some kind of psychedelic drugs or whatever yeah. along those cases." But he did pass a drug test when he came back when they did his like medical workup. They didn't mm. find any trace of anything in his system. And I know there's there's different things that can go, you know, faster through your system or or maybe not show up in the the late seventies, you know. In the, well, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, acid. Like he could have been. Doing all kinds, like, and that's the thing too. I mean, another part of this that I think is kind of interesting that we never, like, have you ever heard of the toy box killer? Uh, vaguely remind okay, me. Okay, so so Marie, so Marie and I are getting like deep into true crime right now because we're yep. starting up our true crime crime series, um, which we're actually going to record the first one this weekend. So Woo-hoo. listeners, get excited! But so we and Marie is like a Marie's like a freaking detective. Like, it's terrifying the things Marie can find out. Oh, if <laughs> I ever disappear, I want her investigating my, <laughs> my murder, you know? Yeah, I could not go missing for five days. Marie would find me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, I have no doubt Marie would find me. So, um, the toy box killer was this this guy that basically he owned a, he owned like a, a what's the word, like a trailer, I guess? So his real name was David Parker Ray. He owned a little weird like trailer kind of thing in um in the New Mexico desert. He lived in uh, Elephant Butte, New Mexico, right? And so he had this trailer where he would bring uh he would basically bring women and do terrible things to them and just like continually, you know, hold them basically yeah. and do what you can imagine um, yep. a psychopath would do. And um, he then would drug them so completely that they would leave not knowing what the hell happened to them. Wow. Like they literally could not remember, right? One of his victims only remembered because the police found one of her photos at, like he took pictures. They matched her to one of the photos they found in his um, collection and they were like, hey, um, do you remember this guy? And like suddenly it came flooding back for her. I got you. Right. And like and these women were missing for like weeks at a time. Did he have like a not to not to give people notes, but did he have like a, a specific, you know, how did they figure out they I were mean, drug? Would, you know what I mean? Like he did, just, he like a drug of do, choice type of thing, you know? Yeah. No, like he would just kind of like it's the same way that. It's, I mean, it's the same thing they did in, in MK Ultra. basically. If you just give someone I got you. so many psychedelic drugs and beat them down to the point where their, their sense of self is lost, you can make them forget. You know what I mean? And so, like, like that, that kind of shit hap- that really happened. You know what I mean? How many of those women still don't know that that happened to them and think they were abducted by aliens? Yeah, that's true. Like, it's, like I don't, I don't think that's, I don't think... I don't think that's a ridiculous, like it, it sounds ridiculous and it sounds like it's belittling what happened to these people. I don't mean it that way, but I think it's a very serious question. We have to ask ourselves, what can the brain force itself or be forced to forget, right? 
that is a part of these stories that I think always has to be mentioned. And it's something that, it's something that I think when, if someone came up to you and said, like, I, like, we have, a, we have, we have friends who claim that they've seen UFOs. Right. Who claim that they've seen, they've seen aliens. Oh. Right. Um, like, that, that is true. You know what I mean? To them. They think that happened to them. And so it's, it becomes a, a point where it's like, what, what they're seeing versus what they're, what really happened. Does that actually matter anymore? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, either way, it's a horrible event and they believe it. So it's not a matter of convincing them, oh, you're wrong. It's more a matter of, all right, figure out what the hell actually happened. You know what I mean? Right, exactly. And I think, well, I think as well, too, if, if Betty and Barney Hill came up to, to me and said, like, hey, we think we saw a UFO, we think we were abducted, the first thing you don't want to be is, like, were you were you kidnapped right. by a crazy person? Right. You know I mean? like, you don't were want you to tortured that, in right? a trailer? You know, yeah, yeah. yeah like, you don't want to say that kind of stuff, right? Because um, that, that's almost more, unlikely, you know, in some ways, to some people, that's more unlikely than them being abducted by aliens. So... But then you're right. When you hear about, especially going, and we'll get back to the Travis thing. So I didn't forget about that. Um, but when you when you hear about some of the cases, especially from like the '80s, where there it's kind of the mean grays, for lack of a better term, you know. Yeah. You wonder. I mean, some of that may be TV, and that was during unsolved mysteries and sightings and all that stuff. So that definitely probably didn't help some of that. But imagine if you had some kind of traumatic childhood experience like you're talking about that you suppressed for whatever reason in your head and then you see sightings and then your brain puts that together while you're sleeping and suddenly you you think you were abducted, you know? And again, to yeah. your point, not belittling people who were legitimately abducted and not belittling people who had some kind of traumatic experience, but this is how the brain could, could kind of rewire itself to think certain things, you know? Right. And the thing, the thing that I actually find really fascinating too is like, at least for me, the cases that I find the most compelling are the ones that have no real relation to other cases, right? Like, I mean, that sounds kind of silly. Obviously, this rash of of sightings, like, so the quote we actually use from Philip J. Class in this episode, it goes some, or it's not really a quote from him. It's a foreword to an essay he wrote. But the basic thesis statement of this essay is that if we assume that aliens, if we assume that UFOs are real, then we should expect that the vast majority of sightings are false, right? But there will be a couple of real ones. On the other hand, if we assume that they're not real, then all the sightings are false. But in any case, the vast majority of sightings would be false, do you know what I mean? Right. Okay. I, I think I'm following that in my so, so my communications words, major words, brain is following some of that. Uh, sorry, but, I kind of no, explained right. it like really crappily. <laughs> no, no, no. So, but I think you're. I think that that point, even though it was specific to UFOs, I think that's how you have to look at um, quote unquote conspiracy theories, which I absolutely. Which anymore, it's, it's like we can't say we're conspiracy theorists, but you know, <laughs> given the current environment <laughs> nowadays, but you know, I mean, essentially, that that's where we all started was on conspiracy theory message boards. I think most of us started there in our younger years, you know. I, yeah, I would say, I would say that's an accurate. You know, <laughs> but I think yeah. that that's how I always started. That, I never left. <laughs> you know, I always said that there was like, you know, there's the five percent on that board. That's that's the. Um, 
uh, what the hell is his name? Uh, David Icke. No, well, yeah, yeah, the David Icke Hollow Earth people, which also a great episode of Mad Scientist. Um, <laughs> but then, and there's also like the John Lear Soul Catcher on the Moon type of thing. You know, so that falls in that 5% that's just, in my head, too batshit crazy to even worry about. Like a fun story, but probably wouldn't even make a good movie. You know, that, like that, uh-huh. that type of uh-huh. thing. And then there's, you know, another 80% or so that are okay this is just bullshit you know it's that it's that other small percentage whatever my math is down to you know 10 percent that are that are true and legitimately happened or to your point people think legitimately happened that you have to pull out from all the other crap and that's the hard part for every for every sandy hook hoax conspiracy and pizzagate bullshit there's a the government is letting the people of Flint die from lead in the water. Correct. Or, you know I mean? for, like, or to your point, for every you know Pizzagate thing, even though now we've triggered echelon computers, but whatever. Um, you know, for for every Pizzagate, you know, there's a legitimate creep out there that that's legitimately doing something. Yeah. You know. Yeah. No. I mean, for every Pizzagate, there's like real pedophile right. things out there. Correct. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so. So I think that yours, you know, you were talking specific to UFOs, but that's how kind of you have to look at. I think most people should be looking at kind of the conspiracy or, or I don't know a better way of putting it other than weird shit world right now. You know, I think it's true of most. I think it's true of most claims, really. Right. I mean, you know, for every I don't know. I mean. Uh, these are these are fantastic claims, of course. So for every fantastic claim, I think it's the same way. For every, you know, thousand people that say that, I don't know, they met Derek Jeter, maybe five of them really did. Right, you know what I right, mean? Like, correct, yeah. It's um, the, that the other they don't always. He, they're not always the loudest ones either, though. The ones that are true. Yeah. No, well, that's that's what I mean. Is that so? Like, so the thing is, like, let's say, okay, the Betty and Barney Hill case. People claim that now people claim thousands of people a year. It's, I'm sure it's even more than that. I'm just pulling numbers off the top of my head. Claim now that they have had contact with gray aliens, right? Mm-hmm. The fact that so to some people, the fact that so many claim that they've had these experiences is proof positive, right? It's like, what you know, well, there has to be something there, right? But I would argue that the sheer number of them possibly precludes most of them from being true. You know, we need to be really careful about which ones we consider true and which ones we don't. And it's those cases that have something interesting, something specific to them that isn't part of the standard that become the really interesting ones. And I think that the two that we've been harping on, you know, the Betty and Barty Hill one, they were trying to tell them, showed the star map that was the real interesting thing right at least in my head because that's the one piece i remembered prior to your so first episode so, you know so it's, yeah it's actually interesting for a lot of people the star map is the most interesting thing for me it's like the least interesting thing actually um for me the most interesting thing is what the government thought was really interesting which is the shape of the craft itself they mentioned a weird shape they there's the shape of their Craft is not the shape of most normal UFOs. Right. You know, they, they they don't describe the normal, like, saucer or cigar-shaped thing. They mention, they claim that they got a very good look at it. They claim that it has wings almost on either edge with red lights on it, and that it's it's almost more of a, 
from the front, it's almost more of a uh, what parallel? Well, parallelogram is anything with you know. Oh, geometry. Didn't you mention you know it was more like... like um, it's, more of a, it's, it's almost like more of a, a rhombus, I guess you'd say. It reminded you more of like a stealth fighter, right? Almost? Yeah, it's... Well, I, I don't like think I actually ended up stealth fighter. <laughs> I don't think I ended up keeping that in the episode, but yeah, it's... it's like, well, that's the thing. Sorry, I thought I, I heard that probably, on your first episode, but I may no, have been I think, <laughs> mixing I stories. I think that's probably why the government was so interested, was they were like, holy shit, did they see one of our fighters? Right, right. <laughs> You know what I mean? Because like, yeah, it sounds like it from the front. It it's a it's a dark craft with uh with a clear window of lights potentially coming from it, and then two wings that seem to come up and then down with red lights on the sides. That to me sounds like a person looking maybe at a you know a weird stealth fighter or something. Like I I personally think besides like NICAP still going on and and. Uh, I think NICAP was still, whatever, besides the government still being interested in UFO reports at the time, um, it's the, it's those pieces that don't fit with the normal narrative that make some of these really interesting. And I think that's probably why Travis Walton's case is so interesting as well, is that he actually did seem to go missing for five days and then he just reappeared. Yeah. And to me, it was more the, the types of aliens. How you had the Nordics, the, uh, whatever I'll just say it. the Nordics and the Greys in there, which is interesting because the Nordics were were they were the the what you would call the benevolent space brothers, you know, they're, like they're kind of along that category. Those beautiful, beautiful blonde, <laughs> right? Blonde hunky aliens, right? Right. The one, which is a whole that's a whole stupid, other episode that we'll stupid get sexy aliens. <laughs> stupid. Yeah, but it wasn't the Venetians that like have, the Venetians are the ones that, that have sex with you all the time, right? Right. No. Yeah. Those are the yeah, the Venetians are the ones that just love humans for some reason. All right, a complete aside. Are you going to do a case on that on that guy? Oh. Of course we are. That was the best. Story. Of course we are. All right, so listeners, keep it up. My girlfriend is an that. alien. She goes to a different middle school, <laughs> and you haven't met her, but we met on vacation. No, the guy with the hair. Uh, I'm talking the guy with the hair. <laughs> totally cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, so yeah, yeah. But yeah, they. So I thought to me that was interesting about Travis's case, but also they 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 didn't really have any messages for him or or anything along those lines no. like they, <laughs> no, they, they literally listen. just and spoiler alert go listen to the episode but they just fixed him up and put him back like that's literally yeah. all that was <laughs> they're like they're, yeah they're like dinar like, <laughs> you oh, know, we just zapped this guy let's go <laughs> did we shock you yeah. so sorry mr walton let us put back your spleen. Which I, and then, yeah, they dropped him off at a fucking gas station. Which I thought so was, was interesting, too, is like the, um, and, uh, uh, Jennifer Stein, the, the producer that I talked to, or the, who made the documentary, she, uh, she mentioned too, she's like, so, so why do you think, we talked about this off the air, it was like, so why do you think it was a phone booth? It's almost like they knew that, that he needed to call somebody when he, when he got back down. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, here's how you can help yourself more now when you wake up. There's a phone right See, there. See, but that's, you know? that's, that's one of those anomalous things though, right? Like you have some, like, I, I think it's really funny. Again, this is part of like, I always bring this up and we talk about this a lot where it's like the pieces of the stories that don't really fit with modern science, but fit with the science of the times. Right. Right. So like, um, like what's his face, Woody Derenberger, 
getting on board a spaceship and then them having like a tube TV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the type of TV that your Nintendo 64 would be able to plug into. Yeah. Like they had those on the ship and he was like, damn, these are nice. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's what he thought was science was like scientific futurism at the time. Um, the same thing happens for cases around the same time as Betty and Barney Hill, where they didn't really know about, they didn't really have a grasp of how much of our, of our uh, personal freedoms or privacy would be lost in the modern age. So like to us now, we would expect if an alien were to come to earth, we would expect that they would be monitoring our information and learning about us from afar first. Right. 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 Like, cause that's, that's what, that's what our government does to, you know what I mean? Like to insurgents and whatever, like we can find out a lot of stuff from just like satellite images yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Right? You're wondering like, why the hell are they physically here? If they, exactly. Well, well, so the point, well, the point is that like when, the, when the aliens supposedly talked to Betty, they were like, you know, um, so what, like, what do you, what do you things eat? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? They asked her, they were, they were like, you know, what, what's your, um, what's a vegetable? <laughs> you know, and she was like, well, and she didn't really know what to describe it or whatever. Or they, you know, they come down and they're like, you know, then they asked her, then they asked her how, oh, they had the whole thing with like Barney's dentures coming out and they were like, what? Yeah, they thought all humans, they, like, all humans teeth. Yeah, yeah and then they ran back in and they were like, holy shit, look at these weird teeth things this guy's got, right? And it's like, you mean to tell me that, I mean, I don't know what, aliens have never developed prosthetics? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, that's not a, uh, it's not a hard, like, even fucking pirates had peg legs. You know what I mean? Like, we would, <laughs> the aliens of the sea had peg legs. We would know. So for me, at least, them, like, the idea that they would drop him off at a, at a phone booth actually makes some sense. But it's also like, they, they couldn't have figured out where he lived. You know what I mean? Like, it, <laughs> it seems so, like, it seems, the <laughs> Just like the the reasons people give for aliens doing stuff, like if aliens exist, is, are so strange to me. Like, well, they put a human mentality around it. Because then, so exactly. so my argument to counter argument to that would be, okay, well, it was on a secluded highway, basically, right? It was a gas station off a highway. Um, so they didn't want anybody to see their ship, so they just dropped them off. And you know, he said when he woke up, he kind of saw the lights flickering away from the same ship that took him. You know, so, but then again, that's putting a human mentality on these beings that, you know, this can get a little too down the rabbit hole for, for where we're going now, but, um, yeah, whether they're future humans or not, but it's almost putting too much of a human mentality around these beings that are just, oops, we zapped this guy, you know? Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, and that's, that's the other thing too, though, is it's like, if they want, if, like they mentioned when they drop off Betty, when when Betty says, you know, they dropped us off, whatever. And she claims that they were originally going to give her like a book of alien knowledge, which again, wh- what, why do aliens yeah. have books? Still? <laughs> right. Right. Do they like, do they like the smell of the pages? Like I do like, what's the, why would an alien have a book that they don't even have noses? You know, it <laughs> <laughs> doesn't make any sense. You know, it doesn't, I mean, I guess it could make sense, but like not. Well, then you were saying that at the last minute they went to go. They're like, no, we want the book back. And then they, they yeah. took it. It's yeah. like, yeah. how much more yeah. human yeah. do you want to make these 
they're like, you know, they're like, oh, actually, we um, we don't think you should have anything to bring back, which like that makes it seem like the aliens weren't planning on picking someone up, which like I don't really think you would just do that spur of the moment. Right. Yeah, exactly. And then on top of that, too. <coughs> sorry, that's no, right. Switch to lights. then on top of that too it's like if they wanted they don't want them to remember kill them (laughs) yeah well and that was my whole thing with with the the travis walton case that was the one confusion point that i had was okay so why didn't they just leave him so they zapped him and then it's like so Oh, my bad. Okay, we're never going to, you know, it's not like they're going <laughs> to have an international warrant for their arrest or, or intergalactic yeah, warrant for their I mean, arrest like, or something, like, you know? Yeah, like, what What the hell do they care? Like, we, you know, I mean, like, I guess there's some, I mean, and this is why people now bring in this whole mythos of, like, well, they're actually good and there's bad ones and they have to take care of us and all this other whatever. But it's like, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, yeah, it doesn't like if they people go missing all the time, <laughs> right? And right? it's like, are they all abducted too, or or not? And yeah, well, that's I mean, that's not. kind of <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so anyways. But then I, I don't know. You you do wonder about all that too. But going way back to your original uh, kind of debunker theory, there, the one thing that always stuck in my head for that was if he was just missing and you know, hiding somewhere, whether purposely or by accident, then why didn't the uh, scent dogs pick up, pick up on a scent, you know, the police dogs. That was the big, the big thing in my head that I didn't talk about on the episode either, but I was just like, "Eh," you know, they would have found him if he was just hiding in a cabin in the woods somewhere, you know? I mean, but that's the thing, like wood, like scent dogs, can't scent dogs get like thrown off by rivers even? And like, yeah, but there weren't I mean? any like, in the I, middle I, of the forest, you know, like, in the middle of the well, national I mean, forest. I don't think in that. I don't know. I mean, I think I think I think we're we're looking too far into it on the other side. But uh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, honestly, in this case, I think it's really as simple. It, it, the the simplest explanation always makes the most sense, right? And to me, the the one that they brought up was that oops, he got zapped, and then they fixed him and put him back. That makes sense to me, <laughs> you know, like in my head at least, you know. Um, and there's also, I think, something too. And and you mentioned this on uh, one of the lowdown episodes. I can't, I couldn't remember which number you guys are up to versus which number. Probably I on to. two, I think. No, three. I think you're on. Three. I, have, I should know that. It may have been number think... two either way where you guys, where they had Travis Walton on that show. Yes. And there was something, yes, was and there was something to watching him tell his story. And maybe I'm naive, but he doesn't look like he's full of shit. You know, like he, he legitimately seems like he's, this is what happened. I, I was a dumbass for getting that close to the ship <laughs> and sure. uh, let's, you know, let's move on from it, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's definitely something to be said. He, he, Travis himself comes off as very muted and professional and like, still like what the hell happened to me? You know what I mean about mm-hmm. it? Whereas I think this actually kind of got Betty Hill into trouble later on in her life where she came across as like a super true believer, a completely unskeptical 
um, com- you know, completely accepting everything about this. Yeah, correct. Whole mythos, and that's where right? where people are comparing Travis. Like, oh, Travis took notes from the Betty and Barty Hill case, and I actually would say the opposite, where it's the differences between the two are what make me believe. The, sure. Travis's yeah, I mean, story if, a little he, bit more. Yeah, if he took, if he took. If he took notes from the Betty and Barney Hill case, then he didn't do a very right. good job. Right, exactly. You know, um, Unless he's like, here's what not to do. You know, that, that exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. But even now, this is what I, mean, I didn't believe about that other case. And then you have Betty's uh, niece, and you can cut this out if it's a spoiler alert or whatever. Um, you know, Betty's niece trying to sell the books now, saying she has new evidence for the case and that sort of stuff. So. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't. I, I haven't really looked into that too hard. We didn't really talk about it because. You know, it almost has I, the same I, mentality of okay, they're just trying to sell a book, you know, <laughs> like yeah, I don't, I don't know much about it, but it does. It yeah, I gotta get my hand on the book. I do want to read it and, and evaluate it for myself, and we'll probably do a we'll probably do a a uh, follow up episode actually on it on if there is any new evidence or anything. Mm-hmm. But again, I think that for me at least for the Betty and Barney Hill story. I actually think the simplest explanation is the, I mean, the simplest explanation is they were actually abducted by aliens, I guess, but the, there's enough of a strong argument to be made for the skeptical side that I think this one, this is not the, you know, I even say it in the episode, this is not the smoking gun. This is not the slam dunk that it's sold as, you know, this is an interesting story. It is an important moment in pop culture, but a real case of abduction, I am not convinced necessarily. So why do you think it's gained so much friction in pop culture? Well, like when people, I mean, when people was, say, tell me what you think of when you think of alien abductions, I would say 90% of the people that would actually have an answer to that would say Betty and Barney Hill case. Well, I think, okay, I think number one, and this is kind of an interesting question that people, like... And again, I don't want to spoiler alert episode two, but, you know... No, no, you're not. We don't don't even get into this, really. Um, This is actually an interesting point that I think people always bring up, but I kind of think it's stupid, right? Like, people say, you know, well, before this, no one ever thought about being, you know, abducted Mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah, not true at all, What? Well, besides that, besides it not being true, just based on the facts, it's also, like... That's not a big leap to make. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like something is pilot. If you think like there were movies that showed these whatever robots coming off the ships and shit. So it's like it, it's not that hard of a leap to think, well, I could go up that causeway. You know what I mean? Like, I could go up that ramp, too, just as easily as the robot can. Yeah, but you, I always wonder for specifically for the, the Hill case. <laughs> it's like, what is it about that case when, when like you said, there's a it's not a smoking gun case. I don't think on either side of the spectrum, really. Like there's probably a little bit more, at least in my head on the skeptical side in, in the Betty and Barty Hill case. But if that's the case, why haven't people just been like, Oh, that's a hoax and leave it alone. Like, um, like a lot of people do with, um, what's his face? Billy Meyer. Well, there's, there's just so much, there's so much misinformation about the case out there. Like, I, when, when people think of the Betty and Barney Hill case, I bet they are not thinking about what actually happened. They're thinking about what they've heard about the case, mm. which is 
people are like, like most people don't realize they weren't taken out of their car. They aliens came down in like little vests and stuff and were like, stop your car. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like they, they made a roadblock in the road supposedly. And then like walked them to the ship. That is stupid. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, like that sounds to me like, I wasn't going to go down this road, but I will. What the hell um, was that? They that sounds to me more like one of those old school UFO cases where it's actually the military doing something and then tricking the people into believing they were abducted. You remember reading I about mean, those back in the day, where, the, where they thought yeah, that was I mean, one of the we'll, theories on some of the UFO abductions? You know, but for me, listen, for me, what it almost sounds like more is they were stopped on the road and harassed. Mm-hmm. And the harassment was so disturbing to them that they put it away. They don't fit they didn't think about it afterwards. They had to make up some story. You know what I mean? Like maybe there were men in the road and maybe they didn't like that. There was a white woman with a black man. I was gonna say, there's a lot of cultural stuff, especially given the time frame and the interracial side. For yeah, Brian. I mean, like you hinted to that like, in episode one, but. and 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 even even without that aspect of it, right? Um, they see a roadblock in the road, and Barney has already mentioned in the trip being, being upset, being afraid of these white dudes in the country mm-hmm. looking at him and his wife. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that that idea was already primed in his head. He talks about it. In the book, he talks about it with Dr. Simon, the hypnotist. He, you know what I mean? Like, it's not a huge leap to make for me that, I mean, even if, even if, even if nothing happened to them on the road, right? Even if they just drive by a road stop or whatever, workers in the road, mm. they just drive by, he's zoning out later on, he pieces it together. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense too. I, yeah. I mean, anyways. So, anyways, I, th- I think the reason why it's picked up such kind of, I guess, like I said, like why it's picked up such steam in the popular culture is simply because of that. It's got a bit of everything. You know, these are two intelligent people, well-respected members of their community. Suddenly they see something weird. They don't remember it. And then they have to go under hypnosis for it to come back out. That's fat. You know, that's, that's a good story. (laughs) You know, regardless if it's true or not, that's a great story. And then the way that it, like the way that it became came to public attention wasn't because the Hills were talking about it to the newspapers or anything. It was because someone sent in an anonymous tape to a reporter at the Boston globe. Mm. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? So like it has all these layers on top of it of, you know, this, this non-traditional couple for the time, um, meeting something weird on the road and then having, and then on top of that too, they supposedly had physical evidence. Right. Yeah. You can actually, you can actually go see Betty Hill's dress, the ripped dress mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at the university of New Hampshire. They have it. They, they, they have it now. It's part of the collection at the diamond library. You know, I got to see it when I was there as a student. It's amazing. It's really cool. You know, have they done testing on so, that or do you, and again, just say spoiler alert and go listen to episode no, two. But. No, it's, as far as I know, they, they tried doing, as far as I know, it's just a normal dress with a rip in it. You know, Mm. um, did it have any like radiation or anything weird? No, no. I mean, so supposedly after the fact, they both, we actually don't talk about this in the episode because there's just no evidence for it at all. 
They both claim that there was a pink powder on them after the event, and then it just kind of fell off and disappeared. And that's what the that's what the niece's book is claiming too. By the way, I just remember reading oh, that the, news article. Oh, is the pink powder? Yeah, is is I remember pink powder on the dress. So yeah, and there was something. Wasn't there something on the car too? The same pink powder. On the car, there was supposedly uh, circles or, of magnetism. There was something on the car that. We do talk about that in the episode. I'm actually gonna have to. I'm gonna have to download her book. I can find it. Anyways, TJ, we're we're talking. It's late. Yeah, it's all right. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta wrap this bad boy up. We listeners, if you enjoy these episodes, let us know. We would be happy to do more of them because it's a lot of fun. And we we're just saying just, off just the air that I, I've actually gotten some great feedback about these episodes from. New listeners and old listeners. So, because I was always like, ah, nobody's going to listen to these. These are just for Chris and I to BS, you know, like just for us to have fun once in a while. Uh, but this is like honestly the most popular downloaded episode on my podcast. And I'm like, Ooh. so it's very interesting. And I'm like, yeah, we'll do it. Let's, let's rock and roll. And I think Hell yeah, man. we're slightly more focused tonight, which is surprising given how late it is and how much podcasting we've been doing lately but (laughs) (laughs) but it's pretty good i i I would agree let us know i think it's appropriate for ufo month and you know i know you're probably going to get into some weird shit i would assume around halloween time for mad scientists so you want to pimp anything out like that for my listeners um so yeah we have the second part of the betty and barney hill thing coming up now we are actually um as part of Halloween, we're doing a whole bunch of special episodes. So the next one will be on Satanic Panic. Yes. And then after that, we'll be doing one actually on the history of Halloween and how it's celebrated around the world. Ooh. We're going to be doing a we're going to be doing our first true crime episode on mass shootings and how what the statistics say about them, ways that science is trying to combat them and kind of the history of the phenomenon. And actually, do you, do you know when the first mass shooting in the U.S. was, TJ? I don't. It was in the 18th uh, century. Really? Yeah. Huh. It was super early. Like, the, yeah, the first one was was comically early in the United States. Um, were they just, like, it was around reloading the- their pistols, you know, like? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was like around the time of the um, around the time of the Declaration of Independence. I mean, I guess the Revolutionary War, technically, right? I mean, <laughs> but outside of that, well, I so, you're talking. So interestingly, interestingly, um, interestingly, the, the the definition of what is a mass shooting and what isn't is really weird. There's a mm-hmm. lot of a lot of strangers going on in there. So yeah, I just actually I wanted to look it up to give you a good a good sense here. July 26, 1764 in Greencastle, Pennsylvania. There were 10 deaths and two injuries. Oh wow. That was the very first one. Wow. Isn't that, isn't that weird? Yeah. yeah. I never would have so thought it was that early. early. No, I I didn't either until I uh, read it and doing the research for this. And then we're also going to be doing um a another round table with I hope the guys from Blurry Photos, we kind of haven't ironed out all the details, but, you know, they're good friends of our pod, so we're super excited to have them on. But we'll be talking about our our biggest fears. Oh, okay. That should be fun. Which is going to be scary. Are we talking rational or irrational or a little of both? Why not both? Yeah. Why not both? 
How about you, man? What's going on with your show? Um, so yeah, I have UFO month because I don't really dip too far into um, paranormal. Honestly, because I record in the basement and it freaks me the fuck out. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm not recording stuff about shadow people when, <laughs> when when I can open this door to my little closet here and see one. You know, fuck that. I'm not doing that. Sure. Um, which go back and listen to our first uh, little crossover episode if you want to know more about about that. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> uh, that was, a good that was one. alcohol in, in, induced as well. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, I'm like, I'm not drinking beer and. Uh, opening up that to see that so the the creepiest shit for me that i would get into is the ufo side and part of that was i really wanted to do this travis walton case because it was more i mean my show doesn't cover a lot of mainstream stuff usually or i try not to as much with with a few exceptions though you know and i've i've always said that the travis walton case is definitely one of those exceptions a, another ufo case in new hampshire by the way is the other one uh, yeah, we, I'm excited. We, I'm not going to spoiler alert because we may be covering that as a combo show. Um, <laughs> that's gonna be good. That should be a lot of fun. So anyway, so I'm going to get through that um, this month, and then another bonus beer episode at the end of the month, which I'll probably try to nice. try to do that on Halloween, which that's always fun doing beer tastings. Uh, <laughs> And then uh, we'll see what happens beyond that. I'm, I mean, the good thing about being on summer break was a lot of people were like, hey, do you know about this? And both of our uh, buddies, Rob Christofferson, was like, hey, look about this case. Think about this case. Think about that one. Like, yeah. that guy's a wealth Ro- yeah. of information, man. Listen, listeners, Rob Christofferson has an upcoming podcast called Our Strange Skies. Yes. It is going to be Rob knows more about UFOs and the history of UFOs than anyone I have ever met. So you got to listen. He, it's going to be great. He's got like a it's square head great. on him. Like we were talking about before, like he, and the fact that he's not really in the true believer camp, but he's not in the debunker camp. You know? No, he's absolutely. Just like, Rob, here's what it is. And here's what, what, it, what it looks like. You know? Absolutely. Rob is someone I think that you are going to get a, a unbiased opinion from. I think it's, I think it's going to be worth listening to. I'm Plus, really he's fucking funny, come. man. <laughs> and, he's really funny. I think I realized that first when he was on your show, uh, he did a guest spot way back on your yeah. show. Well now, well now Rob is one of the four of us that do the lowdown. Yep. So you guys have heard it. The low, yeah. yeah. But I, I'm talking even so, before the lowdown was, a. Uh, was a TV show? Even, oh yeah, like, yeah. He did. He did a. Yeah, no. He did a. Uh, he did a guest spot. With I'm us, thoroughly yeah. convinced from that episode that he was abducted. By the way, uh, <laughs> speaking of which, dude. Well, the, oh my god, his stories are fucking scary. He's dude. got a lot of stories, and they're creepy. Man. <laughs> yeah, he has loads. He has loads more than what we covered on the episode. Yep. And some of Rob's stories, I'm like. <laughs> Don't tell me that, man. That's too. It's getting too close. Yeah, now. exactly. It's just too, it's so yeah, I would actually absolutely pimp out that show as well too. And I think you, it sounds like you have some cool stuff coming up too. I know my listeners are kind of split down the line with uh, the true crime family and the kind of unsolved mysteries family. So, um, so I have both. And it sounds like if you're dipping into true crime a little bit, that should be fun for some of my listeners out there. We too. definitely are. It's gonna be good. I'm, I'm really excited. Awesome. We're knee deep in autopsy reports right now Ooh. so doing lots of stuff the, the only caveat with true crime is like you always have to tell people be very vocal that you're doing something true crime related for a podcast so that god forbid if anybody something happened to you and they look through your browser history 
Oh my god! Or worse yet, something happened to like Katie. And guess who the first suspect is? (laughs) So this is funny. At 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 work today, I was um at work today, at my job we do a lot of like modeling on the computer for chemical engineering things, and so I have to like let you know my computer has to just like run and calculate stuff because the stuff is complicated, and so in between it like running these models. I, I'm like listening to other podcasts or, li- you know, reading stuff on Wikipedia or whatever, and then writing down notes. And so since this next episode is on mass shootings, I was like writing notes on, on, uh, killers that go to their jobs. Mm. <laughs> and I was in, in my work job <laughs> and I, re- yeah, well, like, and I, re- no, like I'm looking at my phone over, but I, but I realized <sighs> like I had a little notepad and I realized I was writing stuff like, you know, um, gun, you know, like guns most effective. <laughs> No, like you know what I mean. I was like, oh, oh god. god! It's like if we weren't on watch list like, enough already. Exactly, exactly. Like I, I go to take a leak, and someone walks by my desk and sees me. These fucking scribbles, where I'm like, you know, most effective mass killing in the United States. Exactly. That's why it's good that we're documenting why we're doing some of this. Stuff. Yeah, you know, this is all for a podcast. It's like I swear. people get worried when it's like, oh, don't mention Dulce. That that's always my running joke with. uh with our little fraternity, you know, is like, don't mention Dulce, you know, uh, but, but, uh, it's not that side you got to worry about. It's the true crime side. It's like, why yeah, are you no, Googling how like, people dispose of bodies? You know, <laughs> uh, you seem to have Amazon searched a lot for lie. What are you, what are you, what are you doing? So funny, funny uh, side note, but I'll, I'll tell you the, um, Javier from pretend radio, uh, is one of my new favorite podcasts, but he's also become a, a pretty, yeah, really pretty good, good friend of mine as well too. Um, you know, just throughout, I feel like all of us that are kind of in the same boat as far as podcast popularity are kind of going through some of the straight, same struggles sometimes. So we, you know, you end up being, being pretty good friends pretty quickly, just like you and I did. Um, sure. But he was saying he did a, an episode on um, Todd Kolhep, who was like a serial killer, realtor, serial killer thing. Um, and he started getting those Amazon ads for like shovels and like, like <laughs> stuff that, that, that yeah, it was, it was like weird stuff like that where he's like shipping containers, shovels, lie, like you oh, know, like, he'd be on something else, you know, just randomly or pull up a video for his kids online. And it's like pops up an ad for here's the type of shovel, and it happened to be the same time, you know. So, so it does oh, happen. Boy. It's kind of funny, but. Uh, that's all right. all right all right well thank you listeners for listening to this bonus episode and thank you tj for coming uh, on thanks for having me man this is a lot of fun i think it turned out a lot better than than i anticipated to be really honest <laughs> we thought three hours ago and i was like hey you want to help me do my bonus episode? sure why not yeah. this will be for you know, sure. this may replace one of my episodes during ufo month too uh because oh, nice. you know so i think I, we may drop off one of them sorry hopkinsville um and then uh you know just keep this instead because i think this is way more interesting than hearing another rehashing of it good stuff man well thank you so much and i'll uh i'll talk to you anytime man thanks all right dude i'm eliza and i need you to listen to me have you ever felt so much that you don't know where to put it all And you wonder if anyone would notice if you screamed. Because you want to. Scream for the ones they've hurt. The ones they've taken. Scream for yourself. These are my words. My story from my perspective. 
Because I know you'll hear other versions. Because I want you to have a chance to believe mine. Or at least hear it. If you're getting this, it's already over. But if one of you listens, really listens, it won't be for nothing. <laughs>